Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. And we're, tonight, we're going to continue. We're going to start with our review. Uh, again, these are the foundational principles of this book. And the, the aim of this series is not so that we can be spooky or that we can have some insight into how hell operates, but rather so that we can be effective in spiritual warfare. Amen. Again, uh, if you didn't know it, you're engaged in spirit. You are in the battle. All right. The difference is, are you fighting or are you just there as one of the targets of the enemy? Uh, and if you say, well, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm in a battle. That's probably not a good sign. That probably means that the devil is picking you off and you don't even know it. Uh, so we want to be engaged in the battle. Amen. I want, to, I want to know how the enemy's coming against me. And I also want to know how to counter that attack. So those that have greater effectiveness in spiritual warfare, there's three traits. Number one, they're able to look beyond the traits that are manifest and identify the predominant spirit that is causing the issue. We've talked about the spirit of heaviness. We've talked about the spirit of jealousy. We've talked about the lying spirit and the familiar spirit so far. And we've looked at traits. And most of the time, uh, I feel anyway, until I started reading this book and going through this, most of the time we get stuck on the trait. And we, we're trying to figure out how to deal with the trait. How do I deal with anxiety? How do I deal with fear? How do I deal with uh, you know, the bitterness and jealousy? How do I deal with those but I think when we identify the spirit, then we can attack the source of it. Amen. So being able to look beyond the trait and identify the spirit that is behind the trait. Secondly, be skilled in how to deal with it. But then thirdly, and maybe most important, is the desire to be free from it. Three battlefields of spiritual warfare, and these are progressive. It begins with an obsession. Amen. So if you have a thought, Somebody's singing and you say, man, I wish I were able to sing that solo instead of them. That, that's not a spirit of jealousy. That's a jealous thought. You can take authority over that. But it, when it's an obsession, all right, and every time that somebody else, maybe there's a certain person even or a, uh, a, a, an opportunity that somebody else is getting and all you can think about, you're obsessed with it. That is the beginning of the spiritual battle. Then it moves to oppression. And that's where it goes beyond a thought or that continual thought and you start acting on that, all right? That, that person that got the solo that you wanted, now you start cutting your eyes at them, all right? Or you, uh, in, instead of, you know, you, you know they're coming so you spit in your hand before you shake their hand. All right, obviously a, a gross and uh, extreme example. Sorry, Facebook live stream right now. They're like, what's wrong with this guy? Uh, possession is the last stage and that, is where now we start seeing our obsession as normal. We think that, that those obsessive thoughts and our acting out, we just think that that's who I am, it's just the way it is, it's just normal, all right? We start to take that on as our identity. Um, and then, so tonight we're gonna move forward again, taking these foundational principles, and we're gonna talk about the spirit of infirmity. Amen, spirit of infirmity. And we're going to begin by looking at where 
this spirit is identified. Anybody need a pen? Raise your hand. Brother Cade needs a pen. All right, Jason needs a pen. Aunt Peggy needs a pen. Tasha, you need a pen? All right, we'll get you one. Don't be ashamed. It's all right. (laughs) If you need a pen, raise your hand real high. Or somebody near you needs a pen. Raise your hand so we can get you one. All right. (laughs) Uh, BJ, right here behind you now. BJ, right there. There you go. All right, then over here we got a few more. All right, here we're going to go ahead and look at the passage of Scripture that identifies this spirit. Luke 13, 11 says, And behold, there was a woman who, which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Right? Notice it didn't just say she had a sickness, but there was a spirit of infirmity and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. All right, this spirit had doubled her over. She couldn't, even if she wanted to, raise up because of this spirit of infirmity. The word infirmity comes from the Greek word. It's on your paper. (laughs) Asthenia, we'll say. Meaning, incapacitated due to sickness, disease, or weakness. Incapacitated due to sickness, disease, or weakness. And You'll probably remember we started in week one and every week we've kind of talked a little bit about it. What is the predominant reasoning behind each of these spirits? Anybody remember? What was it? To destroy you, all right? And to keep us from fulfilling our purpose, all right? Ultimately, every spirit is, these spirits are there for your, not just to make you feel bad, not so you have a bad day, not so you're discouraged once in a while, but your destruction and to keep you from becoming everything God wants you to do. And it will use whatever tactic. One tactic might be more effective on me and another tactic might be more effective on you. But, and most of the time, the one that's most effective on me is the one that I would dismiss and say, no, that's not really the devil. That's not really a spirit. That's just something I deal with. All right? So, again, it's incapacitated due to sickness, disease, or weakness. It goes without saying that as we are human flesh, we are susceptible to disease, virus, infection, syndromes, disabilities, or weaknesses. Most of us know someone who is suffering from a physical malady. Physical ailments are often more common in the frail bodies of the aged or the very young. All right, Most of the time, we know that it's not uncommon for the elderly, right? Their, their uh, bodies are a little bit more worn down or children, they're more susceptible to illness. Babies are vulnerable to childhood diseases. Elders are generally prone to aches and pains. I must be an elder then. Um, I slept on the wrong shoulder last night. This morning I woke up and my arm would not raise. I had to help it raise itself up. Amen. But it is just, so it's a fact of life. All right. So if you're if you get sick, don't, you know, don't, well, man, I'm dealing with a, a demonic spirit here. I've got a spirit of infirmity. Okay, no, not, not always. Okay, there are, as humanity, we're going to, we're going to have sickness. We're going to have, we're going to get the cold. Okay, things are going to happen that are just part of us being human. But, but tonight, we're going to try to identify the difference between just our humanity and a spirit of infirmity. Common sense tells us that not every Sickness that touches humanity, whether the common cold or some dreaded disease, is not caused by demon possession. However, 
in studying the word of God, you will find that there is such a thing as physical battles that are spiritually induced. There are 22 references in the Bible of people that had some type of infirmity. Among them are five instances in which infirmities were cast out along with demonic spirits. Even more telling are the two distinct times that God acknowledges a physical ailment had gone beyond a fleshly malady and had become a spiritual attack. References in the Bible of people who had some type of infirmity. Among them are five instances, again, I just stated this, which were cast out along with demonic spirits. In one instance, Jesus was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath when he encountered this woman that we read about in Luke 13, verse number 11. He encounters this woman with a spirit of infirmity. Again, we'll read that. Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. Jesus was often surrounded with crowds of sick people hoping to be healed, but on this particular Sabbath day, the master took one look at this woman who was bowed over, bowed over, and incapable of standing up straight, and immediately he knew that this is more than a birth defect or some injury, some sickness that she is dealing with. In fact, it is probable someone with such a physical defect would have never been allowed or would have been restricted from entering into the temple in Jerusalem. Thus, her physical condition would have been a critical spiritual hindrance. Again, as we talk about a, how do I know whether this is a sickness or a spirit of infirmity? One of the key components is going to be, is it keeping me from, from um, going forward in my walk with God? All right, is it keeping me from making it to the house of God. All right, and and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But Jesus identifies this ailment as being a demonic spirit of infirmity. There were other times Jesus healed people and didn't identify it as a spirit, but in this case, he does. Simply put, her affliction was the result of demonic attacks sent with the goal of creating a hindrance in her spiritual life. The scripture even reveals Her affliction was the only thing standing between her and glorifying God. Let's read in Luke 13, verses 12 through 13. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and then she glorified God. So this sickness, this infirmity that she was dealing with, was standing between her and giving glory to God. All right, That is a key component of us identifying the difference between this just being a sickness and it being a spirit of infirmity is it's keeping me from glorifying God. Again, not all infirmities are caused by demonic attacks. Sometimes, and here, here's one that probably we wish we'd skip over, but sometimes we're weak or, weak or sick because we don't take care of ourselves. Preacher Dunn went to meddling. Sometimes we are weak or sick, not because we're dealing with the devil, but because we're dealing with the repercussions that we don't take care of ourselves. In addition, God's word also labels such things as the after effects of childbirth or leprosy as infirmities. Not a spirit of infirmities, but he says that this was an infirmity. Okay, so there are things that are identified in the scripture 
are, are just infirmities, they're sickness. Uh, on the other hand, there are instances in God's word where infirmities were caused by demonic attack. You should be aware. There are times when your spiritual warfare will make your health or the health of someone you love a battlefield. All right, it's called the spirit of infirmity and the sole purpose of turning your health into a battlefield is to hinder, damage, or even destroy your walk with God. So the enemy will use a physical thing, but then he'll move it into a spiritual capacity so that for the sole purpose of, again, hindering, damaging, or even destroying your walk with God. So here's some of the manifestations of the spirit of infirmity. Some of you are gonna think, that you're possessed by many demons as we read this. You're going to say, I'm legion. <laughs> Allergies, anxiety attacks, arthritis, asthma, blindness, blood disorders, cancer, chronic illness, colds, deafness, debilitating dread, diseases, disorders, dementia, epilepsy, endometriosis, feebleness, fever, hallucinations, heart attack, hives, hypochondria, Infections, lingering ailments, manic episodes, menstrual issues, mental disability, or instabilities rather, mute, nausea, neurotic, nosebleeds, paralysis, paranoia, schizophrenia, senility, shingles, sinus issues, sleep disorders, viruses, weaknesses, wounds that refuse to heal. Again, some of you are like, wow, I got the whole list covered. And... And as I read the list, and I'm sure as you did too, our first reaction is to say those are just normal human afflictions. And if, you, if that's your response, you're absolutely correct. Each of those are normal human. These are things that the human body is prone to. It's part of our fallen human nature, all right? Part of the result of sin, which we know that this flesh, one day, unless the rapture takes place, this flesh is gonna go by the way of the grave because of the fall of Adam and Eve, and also as a result of that, we're prone to sickness, okay? Uh, and, and so again, yes, each of these are part of natural, uh, our, our human nature. Uh, but through time, all of us have seen individuals who suffered terribly as a result of some sickness, disease, or weakness of the flesh. But the point is that in light of Scripture, the greatest danger of the spirit of infirmity is it finds a way to take these things, which are normal human things, things that happen to all of us, and then weaponize them as a tool that the enemy uses for our spiritual destruction. All right, so yes, all of these, any one of us in this room could be prone to, and, and probably have experienced many of them on the list. That doesn't make them demonic, but it's when the enemy takes those things and begins to use them as a reason that you can't glorify God, that's when it becomes a work of the spirit. That's when it becomes a demonic spiritual oppression. How can these things become weaponized in the hands of a demonic spirit of infirmity? The answer is it operates by making sure that certain manifestations show up at specific times in your life. So how do I know that the enemy has taken one of these things and weaponize it. How do I know this is a spiritual attack and not just that I'm a human being? It's that the enemy, certain times, these things manifest themselves at specific times in our life. All right? Sometimes the spirit of infirmity makes sure some physical affliction shows up 
at church time. Amen. Folks ain't here tonight because of a spirit of, they think, you know, well, no, it's not a spirit, it's just I'm sick. Well, if every, if, if every Wednesday morning you start feeling sick, and every Saturday afternoon you start feeling sick, can I tell you, you are dealing with a spirit of infirmity. Now here's the part that, that I think is tricky. We become possessive of the spirit, and we feel like even the preacher saying that, he's attacking us. I'm not attacking you. What I'm trying to do is give you insight so you know how to war against the enemy. This isn't an attack against you. It's an attack against the spirit that is attacking you. Amen. So it it comes, uh, it shows up at church time causing you to miss church because Satan knows that God has prepared a divine word. If anybody was gonna be sick and not come to a service, it would be tonight. If anybody's dealing with a spirit of infirmity, The devil's going to make sure they don't come tonight. Wouldn't that make sense? Why? Because I don't want you becoming aware of what you're dealing with. Because if you know what you're dealing with, then you're going to know how to offset it. You're going to know how to war against it. And then you're going to get loose from it. And then you're going to be able to glorify God. And then you're going to be able to progress in your walk with God. Because the enemy knows that God has prepared a divine word capable of lifting you above some dire need in your world. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor, I know that God, whether it's through me or some other preacher, there is a word being delivered for the very people that aren't there. All right. Why is that? Because the enemy uses a spirit of infirmity to keep us from receiving what we need to receive from God. Now, I'm glad for those that are streaming tonight through Facebook. Thank you for doing that. But streaming through Facebook, Facebook is not a sufficient substitute for being in the house. Okay, if you can't make it and you join us through Facebook, that's great. That, I'm glad that you can do that. But it, you, you, it is not a sufficient substitute. You can't make that a lifestyle. That, well, we just couldn't make it tonight. Things were hectic, so we watched on Facebook Live. Again, don't turn it off right now. Thank you for watching. But you're not getting everything tonight that everybody else is getting. There's something about the the being in the room and the spirit of the saints of God being gathered together that just takes it to another level. All right. I would liken it. uh, You know, there there are times when, you know, you're out and about and you're you're tired and you're you've you've given a lot of energy. You've expended energy and you're hungry. And so you stop by. uh, um, uh, uh, I was going to say Dash in. Dash in's not around anymore. You stop by Wawa. And, and you grab a Snickers bar. It gives you that quick burst of energy. And, and, it, and it sustains you and gets you through, right? But, but you can't live off of that every time you get hungry, you grab a Snickers bar. Instead of going home and getting a three-course meal. Steak and potatoes and, you know, some broccoli with some cheese melted in. Anybody hungry? I haven't eaten dinner yet, so pardon me while I go on my food spree for just a moment. Uh, but every time I get hungry, if I grab a Snickers bar... My health is going to deteriorate. You can't live off of that. Amen. And so it is, if you're not able to make it here and, and you just couldn't make it, okay. But don't let the enemy convince you that they're one and the same because they're not. All right. If you can make it to the house of God, you need to be here. The scripture didn't say, amen, that, that we forsake the getting together and watching service on Facebook Live, such as the manner of some is. It didn't say that. It said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Amen. Sometimes the spirit of infirmity makes sure that some sickness appears during special services, keeping you from those services, knowing 
that your absence robs you of a blessing that awaits you and hinders the church. How many of you know your absence doesn't just affect you? It affects others around you. If it doesn't affect anybody else, I'm going to tell you one person in this room it affects. It's the bald-headed guy holding the microphone right now. All right? You're, when you're not here, it affects me for many reasons. Okay? Uh, first of all, I'm aware when you're not here. Don't ever think, well, I, I just missed and nobody misses me. If nobody else misses you, I do. And as soon as I look over to where usually you sit and you're not there, my mind begins to wonder. I hope everything's okay. I wonder if they're all right. Physically, I hope that they're okay. Did they get offended at something? Spiritually, are they doing okay? They've missed three out of the last four weeks. Is everything all right? Amen. Because I'm just telling you, if you start missing you know, more than you're here, it, it, usually whatever you're blaming it on is not really why you're not here. There is a spiritual issue that is taking place. And so I just want you to know that your attendance to church matters. More than just to you, it mattered because hopefully, I, I hope that if your brother or your sister miss, I hope some of you, like me, are looking and wondering, I wonder where they're at. I hope, every, I hope we feel that way about one another. Amen? Recently, there was an article that was being circulated on Facebook, and since it was on Facebook, I know that it was true. I inserted on my notes, give them time to laugh. Uh, so thank you for filling that in as I thought you might. I, I didn't really. That spoke to the fact that your attendance to church matters to your pastor. And I can promise you that is the case. There might be fake news on Facebook. No, there is fake news on Facebook. But that one is one that is true. I, I'm thankful for all the ways that this church honors me. You all do more than you should. Don't, don't stop, but you do more than you should. All right, you honor us at Christmas. You honor us on our birthdays. You, you, you made up a month in October to honor us and uh, before I know it, you'll probably add another month somewhere in there. You honor us. You do that greatly. But I want to say the greatest way that you can honor me is to be here every time the doors are open. All right. The greatest way that you can honor me as your pastor is be here every Sunday. Be here every Wednesday. Be here for the teaching and the preaching of the word of God. Be here for the ministry that is going forward. Amen. That's the greatest way that you can honor me. Thank you again. Don't stop with the gifts if you want to keep doing that, but I promise you what ministers to me more than, 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 than and the smoker was great, man. I just, I just got to say thank you again, all right, for the smoker at Christmas. That's amazing. I'm, I'm enjoying that. But if, even if you didn't give me that, I promise you what means more to me is you being in the house of God. I do lose sleep when you're not in church. I wonder, where are they? Is everything all right? All right? There is not one of you that when you aren't here, I don't worry and wonder what the cause of your absence is. Some of you, I know, I know that you're going through a spiritual battle. Few and far between are the saints that still make sure that the pastor knows that they won't be in service. Some of you do, but a lot of you don't. And I'm left to wonder, is everything all right? Can I just say it's good etiquette to let the pastor know before you miss, not like, pastor, sorry, I wasn't there the last three weeks, all right, maybe ahead of time. I know I'm meddling a little bit right now. I feel it getting tight in here. All right? But a lot of times we get offended. Well, the pastor didn't call me. The pastor didn't come visit me in the hospital. I had no idea you were in the hospital. It's hard for me to do something that you haven't let me know that you're going through. It's hard for me to be there for you when I don't know what you're going through. 
All right, and I, I am going, if you're not here, I am going to worry. So please help me. If you know you're not going to be able to make it, let me know. And, and it, it, it will help both of us, all right? Doug White, the author of the book from which we're taking these lessons, shared an illustration that I think is safe for me to share because I know that it only happens in Texas where he pastors and never would it happen in Maryland. But I'm reading verbatim his testimony. As a pastor, I watched a precious lady in our church being brutalized by the spirit of infirmity. She was a mother and almost every Sunday morning we were contacted with the same lament that one of her children was sick again. The reality is that her children were indeed frequently ill. But when I would pray for them, a few things seemed to stick out to me. First of all, her family would miss church every Sunday morning. Her family always seemed to be fine on the other days outside of Sunday. Her family seldom had a glitch on these non-church events. Even worse, her family began to suffer spiritually. I think it should be, no, and I'm not making light of this. I'm, honestly, this is a factor that we should be able to determine a spirit. If, you're, if like everybody's sick on Sunday, but on Monday we can all go to the park and play ball, there's a problem there. I'm being sincere. There's an issue there. All right? And the issue, if that's truly the case, that on Sunday we can't get out of bed because we're all sick, but on Monday we're fine. Can you see that maybe there's a spirit at work there? All right, hopefully the light is, at least there's a little bit of a bulb coming on there. All right, even worse, her family began to suffer spiritually. And this is again, Brother White in Texas, never happened in Maryland. But when Brother White added up the elements, he came up, there were two possible conclusions. Number one, in Texas again, remember, she was lazy and used her children as an excuse to be unfaithful to God. Not, not in Maryland, only in Texas. Or two, her family was being abused by the spirit of infirmity, having weaponized common physical maladies to keep them away from the spiritual strength available to them. And again, Brother White went on and said he began to assume that it was the second. They weren't just being lazy and using sickness as an excuse because he surmised that it only happened when it was time for righteous events. They were recurring issues that hindered them from receiving what God had prepared for them. Most tellingly, their demonically inspired hindrances were spiritually damaging the family. Things like depression, feelings of isolation, and being carnally minded suddenly became common. Those were things that had never bothered that mother before. The ultimate cure was not antibiotics or more vitamins. The true cure was take authority over the spirit of infirmity that was causing affliction on both their bodies and their souls. You owe it to your own spirituality to survey the patterns of your physical afflictions. Okay, get a calendar out and write down, I was sick on this day. I didn't feel good on this day. Didn't feel like I could get out of the house on this day. Survey the patterns of your physical afflictions, making note of when and how those things affect your walk with God. Obviously, none of us, especially the righteous, want to remotely think that demonic forces could be at work in our lives. I, I don't want to think that the demon, that the devil has an inroad in my life. But sometimes this demonic force is able to escape unnoticed when it masquerades as a common cold. 
Man, every Saturday night, that cold comes back again. And I, it just lays me out on Sunday. And again, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being serious. If you can chart that and say, man, it's every Saturday evening. I believe that many times, at least where we live, that snowstorms are demonic. And here's why I think that, because it always snows on Saturday night. If we're going to get a snowstorm, it's not going to come on Thursday. It's not going to come on Monday. It's always going to come Saturday night or early Sunday morning. And you all notice that pattern? I, I don't know. Is there like some weather thing that the only time the East Coast gets snow is on Saturday? Now, I, I might be making a little bit light of that, but I don't think so because I watched my dad pray some snowstorms away. Right? And if it wasn't spiritual, that wouldn't happen. But I watched him physically watched him pray snowstorms away, much to my chagrin. I was like, Dad, what are you doing? Now, as a pastor, I, I understand a little bit more. But I, I watched the weatherman say 100% chance of snow. Southern Maryland's going to get hammered. And I watched the clouds part. And south of us and north of us, they got snow and we didn't get any. And, and then I was one of the angry saints mad at the pastor. <laughs> but again, these, because it's weaponizing of something that we're all prone to, we can all, we all do have physical health. You know, we're going to, the, the flu goes around and, and, and we're human beings. We can contract it. But again, when we can start to chart and see that this thing is continually keeping me out of the house of God, then we can identify that as not, a, not an infirmity, not a sickness, but a spirit of infirmity. While it's very important to realize that not everyone suffering from sickness is possessed. All right, so if somebody sneezes tonight, don't go cast the devil out of them. All right, if you notice somebody's not here tonight because they're sick, doesn't mean Sunday when they walk in that you palm their forehead and cast devils out of them. Okay, because not everyone who has a sickness is possessed of a devil. But it is also important to remember demonic activity can operate in the realm of oppression indicated by the, fi the fact that your body can react negatively to the influence of this unholy spirit. To regard everyone who is sick as being possessed is a horrible false doctrine. But to deny that sickness can be caused by a spirit of infirmity is also spiritual ignorance. The spirit of infirmity has the ability to touch your flesh with sickness and disease, which frankly is why uh, we ask for prayer before, why we should ask for prayer before we ask for a doctor. Amen, because I, I think there are some things that we're going through that if we would just ask, amen, the Bible says that the sick should come and let the elders Anoint them and pray the prayer of faith over them. Amen. Because if it's a spirit of infirmity, that prayer is going to take care of that. Amen. So let's, let's seek prayer before we seek the doctor. So here's some steps that we can take to defeat the spirit of infirmity. One is very practical. Be kind to your body. Be kind to your body. It is disingenuous to not take care of yourself and then wonder if it's the devil who is touching your body. All right. No exercise, not sleeping, terrible diet, and then trying to cast the devil out. Living on Twinkies and Ho-Hos and trying to cast the devil out. All right. You're not being honest with yourself. You're not battling a spirit. You're battling flesh. Never exercising, not getting adequate sleep, continually following a terrible diet, and in general, doing nothing to take care of your physical body, and then trying to cast out the spirit of infirmity is self-deceit. 
I know when I get on the topic of physical health, it irritates and even angers some. But it equally irritates me when people can't make it to church, have no ability to contribute, as I know they should, and are poor representation of Jesus Christ in our community because they simply don't take care of themselves. Amen? Listen, I, th- I think as a pastor, part of my responsibility is equipping the saints so that you can be what God called you to be. And when I see people that can't even begin to be what God called them to be because they're not even investing in their, spirit, in their physical health, it's frustrating. If we don't do our part, how will we ever know if it's a spiritual attack, attack or just a lack of physical management? Now, here's the deal. If I am doing my part and I'm exercising regularly, and I understand exercising regularly looks different for Justin than it does for me. All right. Exercising regularly for Justin is probably bench pressing 325. All right. For me, it's going into the gym. I'm, 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 probably, I'm putting Justin on the spot right now. But exercising for different people in the room is going to look different. For some of you, it's just getting out and, and, and taking a brisk walk once a day. Okay, do what you can do, all right? And then the next day, do a little bit more than what you did the day before and, and build up on that. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, not uh, lacking in understanding uh, that, that I know that we're at different places in, our, in, in, uh, in life and we can't do what we used to be able to do. I understand that, but do what you can do, Okay. If I'm doing my part by exercising regularly, sleeping effectively, eating a somewhat balanced diet, yet I still seem to get ill every Wednesday and every Saturday, but I'm healthy every other day of the week, then I can safely identify a spirit of infirmity is at work in my life. But if I'm not taking care of myself, I never exercise and I eat whatever I want and I stay up all night on the internet, or whatever you stay up all night doing, and you don't get any sleep. And and how are you going to know that you're battling a spirit of infirmity or not? You're not, because you're not doing your part. All right? So number one is be kind to your body. Secondly, pay close attention to how your sickness affects your walk with God. If you find yourself with some affliction, pay particular attention to how it affects you spiritually. One of the key proofs that you're dealing with a spiritual, rather a spirit of infirmity, is if it's affecting your spiritual life in a negative way. Most that are dealing with some disease or physical maladies, most of them, most of us, the result is when we're going through a sickness is I want God more than before. Amen, I need God to do a miracle. I need God to touch me, right? When somebody gets cancer, I think the natural response is I want to get closer to God. I I want to get closer to the only one that I know can heal me. However, when your physical struggle becomes a spiritual struggle, you may well need to pray against the spirit of infirmity. Y'all smell something? Let's just make sure that everybody knows where the exit doors are. There's two there and everything good. Smell a spirit of burning. <laughs> Hopefully it's just something outside. We're going to check real quick. No alarms are going off yet. There's an exit door back here. There's one there. There's two there. All right. Just in case. Outside? 
All right, we're good. I'm almost done anyhow, so let's hurry. We'll get it in. Brother Barry, are we good out there, Brother Barry? All right, he said we're good. I think it was thumbs up. Either that or hurry up and get out of here. All right, let's continue on. When your physical struggle becomes a spiritual struggle, you may well need to pray against the spirit of infirmity. Sunday, Brother Gallion was preaching and he testified at the end of his sermon, very moving part of that sermon, where he talked about his 14-year-old son that is dealing with continuous chronic health issues. Most of the health issues his son is dealing with, the doctors have said there's no cure. He's going to deal with them the rest of his life. And yet, that young man, uh, instead of his faith being weakened, his faith has been made stronger by that sickness. All right? It's, instead of it deflating his faith, it's made his faith in God stronger. If your sickness has led you to want to walk away from God. Everybody listening? If your sickness is making you want to walk away from God, making you feel isolated from the body, being accompanied by voices that tell you God doesn't love you, the church doesn't love you, the pastor doesn't love you, the saints don't love you, you're dealing with the spirit of infirmity. Because the enemy is using that sickness to drive you away in your relationship with God. Bind the spirit of infirmity. Amen? And then step three, develop the gift of faith. Paul identifies in 1 Corinthians among the spiritual gifts, one of those being the gift of faith. It's a spiritual gift that has been uh, put into the, the body of Christ to edify the body. Learn to lay hands on the sick. Asking God not only to heal them, but to teach you how to operate on that level. Amen. Yes, God, I want you to heal them, but God, I'm asking you, begin to use me in the gift of faith. If you're battling with the spirit of infirmity or, or to keep from, uh, from a sickness to be weaponized by the enemy, ask God to begin to use you in the operation of the gift of faith. Again, there are some of us that are going to be more susceptible in this spirit than we are in others. I Personally, out of all the lessons we've done thus far, the spirit of heaviness is the one that I have been, that I notice I'm most prone to. All right, this one here, I've, up until this point in my life anyway, God's blessed me with pretty good health. Doesn't mean it'll always be that way. But if you're here tonight and the enemy has attacked your health, understand that the enemy is looking for a way to weaponize that, to drive you away from God. So you need to begin to pray, God help me to operate in the gift of faith. By operating in the gift of faith, you can utilize both your authority over and the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, over, yeah, and the Holy Spirit's power of God healing in people's lives. So it's giving you the authority and it's also you're utilizing the power of God's healing in people's lives. God's power is just as real today as it was in Bible days. Do we believe that? The same Holy Ghost that was so saturated in the life of the Apostle Peter, that when he walked down the street, his shadow touched people and they were healed. The same Holy Ghost today is operating in the church. Sadly, many miracles are undone and demons uh, challenge us because too many of us know far too little about developing enough faith in our lives to operate on a spiritual level. Developing our faith on this level is vital to operating, to operating in the gift of or, or to the extent that which, to which God has called us. 
If you believe that you're under the attack of the spirit of infirmity, begin take a, taking authority, and here's the key, by praying for healing in the lives of others. Common sense says, I need to start praying for God to heal me. And I wanna tell you, if, you wanna, if you're gonna overcome the spirit of infirmity, if you wanna defeat that, begin praying for God to heal others. Here's what that does. This will build your faith and also, also make you a conduit through which healing can flow. It makes you a conduit. Now, a conduit is like a, a pipe, right? It's, a, it's something that uh, an entity travels through to get to another entity. If water flows through a pipe, that pipe becomes the conduit, but that water doesn't just like go into the pipe and then miraculously materialize on the other end, but it touches that pipe as it moves through it. It touches the conduit. It saturates the conduit that it's moving through. And so if I become a conduit for healing, if I begin to pray, God, heal that person, let me be a conduit through which healing can flow, then not only are they getting healed, but I'm also getting the flow of healing that is moving through my body. Amen. So when we begin to pray and we begin to focus, because here's the deal, we may not realize it, but even in our prayers, when we become self-centered, the weapon of the enemy has worked. That all I care about is me. I've got to get better. and My healing has got to come. And I've got to get what I need from God. And, and, it, and it stops the flow. Again, remember the gifts of the Spirit are not just to edify you. They're to edify what? The body. And if I become the end of the spiritual gift, if the spiritual gift is only there for me, it's not edifying the body. But when I become a conduit through the, that the gift of faith can begin to flow through, not only am I getting the benefit of the healing, but now I'm a conduit and the entire body is being edified. So if you're battling sickness in your body, and if you know that there's a spirit of infirmity that has been coming against you, and the enemy has been trying to weaponize sickness and illness and, and, and even others, right? The, how many you know the enemy can weaponize the sickness of others? You see others struggling physically, and the enemy weaponizes that and tells you, see, God can't really do it. God doesn't love you. Then you need to become, you need to begin to pray and ask God to use you in the gift of faith. Pray for everybody you can. Amen. If people raise their hand that they're sick, go lay your hand on them and pray, God, heal this person in the name of Jesus. Why? Because as you begin to see those miracles take place, it's going to increase your faith. Let's stand together. So, number one, how do we defeat the spirit of infirmity? Be kind to your body. Be kind to your body. Whatever you can do, I challenge you, whatever you can do. If you can't run a mile, run two steps. Tomorrow, go three steps. The day after that, anybody guess? Four steps. All right? If you're to a point in life or because of disabilities, you can't run. Walk four steps briskly. Do what you can do. All right? Portion control is something I'm trying to ad adopt into my life now. All right, be kind to yourself so that when there is a spirit of infirmity that's battling you, hey, that's a spirit because I know I'm doing what I can to take care of my health, but yet I'm still getting sick every Wednesday and Sunday. Something, all right, something may be going on there that's spiritual in nature. All right, so again, number one was be kind to yourself too. Pay close attention to how your sickness affects your walk with God. Again, that list we brought up there, yes, they're, Normal things that we all go through as human beings. But when the enemy begins to weaponize it, 
and it begins to put a barrier between us and our relationship with God. Begins to drive us away from the church. That's a spirit of infirmity. And then thirdly, develop the gift of faith. Everybody say develop. To develop something is to nurture it. It I gotta start somewhere. Okay, begin to develop that gift of faith. Begin to to operate in, in, in the gift of faith. Pray with people that God would heal them. Develop the gift of faith. I said this in, in speaking about uh, a while ago about praying with people to receive the Holy Ghost uh, or, or praying with people in the altar and, and a way to set yourself up for a win. Go pray for people that you know ha, uh, have an emotional response when you, I know it sounds kind of humorous, all right? But don't go pray for the person that hasn't had a breakthrough in 50 years, right? That, that, that every service there, they pride themselves in not showing any emotion, I'm not saying they don't need prayer, but start with the person that you say hi and they cry. All right, start there. Set yourself up for some wins, okay? And, and then after you get some wins under your belt, you can move on to old, you know, old, old granite over there that, that ain't gonna be moved by nothing, all right? Develop the gift of faith. I want us to pray together right now. I believe that there are people that aren't here tonight. And again, how do we know when we've gotten to possession? when we think it's normal, when we just think, well, that's just the way it is. And there, there are people who aren't here tonight and miss a lot of church because they're dealing with the spirit of infirmity. Does that make them bad people? No. It makes them people that are susceptible to the attack of the enemy. How should we respond to that as a body? Pray for them. Take authority over the spirit of infirmity. So I want us to pray right now against the spirit of infirmity that would come against the church. Lord, there are people that I know need to be here tonight, should be here tonight. And I know that the enemy has allowed sickness to rise up in their body time and time again because the enemy knows that if they come to church, there's gonna be a divine word that has been ordered for them, a divine word that has been prepared for them, and the enemy doesn't want them to receive it. And so he's using what is a physical malady and he's weaponizing that to keep them from being in the house of God. I pray tonight, Lord, against the spirit of infirmity. I pray as the people of God, we would do what we can do to take care of these, these earthen vessels, these earth temples, God, that, we, that the spirit of God, that, the, that, that our soul and our spirit has been placed within. I pray, God, that we would do what we can to take care of it so that when a spirit does show up, we're able to identify it. Lord, I pray that we would begin to operate in the gift of faith so that we can be a conduit through which healing can flow, not just to the person that we're praying for, but through our own bodies as well. I pray it in the name of Jesus. God, don't let us be ignorant concerning the devil's devices. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going away.